This episode contains significant spoilers for the 2020 Netflix original movie Holidate, which, seeing as it just came out in October, we thought it prudent to put a spoiler warning at the top of the episode. So if you care about such things as that, please go ahead and watch the movie and then come back and listen to the episode. You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wide, wide world of streaming teen uh, cinema and adult rom-coms. I am Martha Sullivan, your co-host, uh, adult services library manager, and YA lit uh, purveyor, pursuer, YA lit <laughs> enjoyer. Uh, and I am joined, as always, by my other co-host... I'm Marin Hagman, adult services librarian and rom-com enthusiast. Uh, and we are here today to talk about the 2020, um, is this a, a Netflix original? I yes. do, I believe so. 2020 Netflix original, Holidate, uh, directed by John Whitesell, written by Tiffany Paulson, and starring Emma Roberts as Sloan, Luke Bracey as Jackson... Kristen Chenoweth as her aunt Susan, Frances Fisher as her mother Elaine, uh, Jessica Capshaw as her older sister Abby, Manish Dayal as Dr. Farouk, and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, Holidate is about Sloane, a late 20s, early 30s millennial type um, who gets extreme guff from most of her family for being single. Uh, and the day after Christmas runs into Jackson uh, at a Gap or a Gap lookalike, um, exchanging some Christmas presents. Jackson himself coming off of a disastrous uh, third date where his, uh, not girlfriend, but date for the holidays, takes him home to meet her family, only for him to discover that she is way more into this relationship than he is. <laughs> They're matching uh, and sweaters. The two of them. <laughs> The two of them decide that they are hot and indifferent enough to each other that they are going to commit to being each other's holidays for the next year. This is a plus one that they bring to holiday functions uh, simply so they do not have to be alone. I was a little confused about the benefit to this because it's not like they are fake dating. Everyone in Sloane's life knows that she is not dating Jackson. Um, but he exists as a meat shield, I guess. Um, <laughs> I thought of it as like he was her plus one to every holiday party. Yeah, so we roll through a whole calendar of holidays um, as the two numbskulls start to have feelings for each other, which freaks Sloan out way more than Jackson. Um, they finally sleep together like three quarters of the way through the year. Uh, and Jackson is like, we got to talk about these feelings. And Sloan says, make me and runs away. Uh, and the whole movie culminates in the following Christmas when she is finally able to admit to the fact that she is falling uh, in love with Jackson and the two of them can date for real. I'm going to have Pete put a spoiler warning right at the top of this movie or right at the top of this episode since it's only been out for a couple of months. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Marin, had you seen this movie before we watched it? I Ever? have. This was my second viewing. Um, yeah. Did you like this movie? <laughs> I will say I liked it a lot less upon second viewing um, than first viewing. I, I think upon my first viewing, uh, just the, the charm and chemistry of Emma Roberts and Luke Bracey kind of worked for me. Um, and I think I was... You know, this. I think I watched it right after Thanksgiving, so I was, like, in a Christmas mood, um, and it, like, gave me that hit of, of holiday rom-com. Um, on second watch, there was definitely, I definitely noticed a lot more problems, and it, it was not as charming to me. Um, so yeah, it was kind of an interesting, this movie was a, I had a very interesting, like, jumble of there were parts that really made me laugh, but there were also like quite a few like ooh cringes um martha how did you feel about this movie this movie made me like plus one more oh wow okay uh for our <laughs> listeners uh who maybe don't remember uh plus one was a movie that i greatly enjoyed that martha did not um, i did one, not care for it one um, of i would say one of our strongest like differences of opinions like this is Holidays is like the less charming version of Plus One. Oh, I I had a really hard time with literally every single character in this movie. Except maybe Farouk. Oh, sweet Farouk. I mean, honestly, even on second watch, I was here for Farouk and Aunt Susan. I, I enjoyed that plot line quite a bit, even on second watch. Um, so for, for our listeners, um, Kristen Chenoweth, who is way too good for this movie, um, <laughs> plays, uh, Sloane's Aunt Susan, who, who has come up with the holiday idea, um, to get out of being, you know, badgered about being single for every party, and, um, ends up, uh, taking um the the neighbor doctor that Sloane's mom had tried to set her up with as one of her holidays but ends up actually catching feelings for him um and he he is quite a lovely character we we see him reattach Jackson's finger volunteer at children's events um we are we are very pro pro Farouk um and in the end on Susan part of what let Sloane realize that she should, you know, embrace her feelings for Jackson is Aunt Susan admits that even though she has, um, you know, been very happy with these holidays and, and being very purposeful about not um, committing to a relationship, she, she really fell for Farouk and, and regrets kind of letting him go. Um and and so they end up together at the end. But yeah, Farouk was definitely the least annoying of these characters. I just... Okay, so I will also say that one of my least favorite tropes in movies like this... And I, I'm not opposed to fake dating or relationships of convenience. Like, I think those can be fun. The part that I don't enjoy is like when Jackson starts to catch feelings and then he gets mad at Sloane when Sloane won't reciprocate when he is the one violating the initial terms of their agreement. 
Um, and you're, are you talking about on when they sleep together on Halloween? Or is I'm this talking, the, oh, the I'm wedding thing? about after that. So like they sleep together and she's like, mm, maybe shouldn't have done that. And he's like, but you felt something. And she's like, nah, man. And then he gets mad. And I'm like, you don't, you don't get to be mad. You do get to say the terms of this relationship have changed for me. Therefore I am exiting this relationship. But when he gets all hissy fit over it, I'm like, nah, dude, she was she was really clear. Like, you were both really clear about what you wanted from this arrangement. And if that has changed for you, fine. But don't get mad when Sloane won't say the thing that you want her to say. Like, Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, I think that I, I think that type of scene, though, is is really a rom-com cliche of, um, you know, not not admitting feelings and um yeah i mean i i definitely think and again it's not that part that i have a problem with like i enjoy watching people grapple with feelings and like realizing that you're in love with somebody is like a staple of the genre it's specifically the part where he gets mad because he's trying to get her to admit that she feels the same way and she won't mm. and it's like you don't I mean, first of all, you kind of don't know that she feels the same way. Like we as the viewer do, but he is the participant in this holiday arrangement. Like Sloan would be totally within her rights to be like, nah, fam, I'm like, this was why we shouldn't have had sex because I don't feel that way. Sure. I, I think it would have been better if instead of like demanding that, she reciprocate for him to be like, hey, can we at least have a conversation about this? Can you be honest with me about this? Because I, I think we, we, there's like the, the implication that like she's hiding her feelings, but yeah, that needs to be explicit for it to be like, okay, like, let's, let's be honest here. Because yeah, you're right. Then it, it turns the conversation from not being about honesty to to being about him pressuring her um and and uh, in the middle of a grocery store aisle on Thanksgiving too right also i i did think the concept of a casual date that you bring to explicitly family functions was very strange cuz for me that's like like i don't when i was dating i did not bring people home for the holidays ever until it was Bill and we lived together. <laughs> like that was such a wild concept to me. Like when at the very beginning, when Jackson is going to that girl's family for Christmas and it's like, he says, you know, you know, this is our third date, right? I'm like, dude, you agreed to go home with her for the holidays and now you're being weird about commitment. <laughs> Yeah, Pete and I were trying to do the math the other night of how long into our dating was it before we met each other's parents, and I think it was at least a year. Like, we have been dating for at least a year before we met each other's parents. Yeah, we, we met parents earlier than that, Part of partially because I, had, I already knew Bill's parents because I was friends with his sister mm. before we started dating, but like... Bringing him home for Thanksgiving was not something that we did until we had been together for multiple years. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think, again, I, I think this all makes more sense in the context of weddings. And so I just kind yeah. of wrote it off in my head of like, oh, yeah, he's our plus one. And I... Um... I, I yeah I do I do think it's odd that um yeah to think to think about bringing a stranger to other gatherings but I also like I think the opening established how ridiculous her family was about it in the beginning that I bought that she would want to bring somebody else there if only to have like a buffer and her like, family someone else to talk to. <laughs> conservatively for eight hours <laughs> about how horrifying her whole family situation is well except for we do need to have in in the same vein as i feel like we are both pro farouk i i do need to have a little like oh moment for her dear unfortunate brother-in-law who like it seems to be the oh, peter peter okay who seems to be the only adult in this family oh uh, Definitely on rewatch, there were multiple times where I was like, oh, poor Peter. Like, he seemed to be the only one, like, concerned with making sure everyone was safe and supervised and fed. Um, I will tell you, I could not have told you his character's name if you paid me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, her, her sister and mother were... were Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, it. so did you, did you get the feeling, this is not something that the movie states explicitly, but it is something that I felt perhaps in my bones mm. that Peter and her sister got married sooner than her sister perhaps would have liked because her mother is so awful. I got that sense. Um, I also got the sense that maybe they got pregnant kind of early on because they mentioned yeah. that they have four kids. So I wonder, too, if they got married on the younger side for kid reasons, like maybe they did not mean to have kids quite so young because um, she's named pretty young for having four kids. Oh, yeah. And then when they go to the Halloween party and she ends up making out with the Black Panther guy, like... That was that clearly felt to me like a um, I didn't get my own like I didn't get the period of my life when I got to behave irresponsibly. So I'm going to do it now, even though I'm married and have four children. Exactly. Ooh, which is I, oh, not the correct time to be doing that. Nope. And adding to our theory of like getting oneself into a relationship just so like the family starts stops giving each other crap, her brother gets engaged to a woman that he apparently barely knows because at the well, end of the movie, she's like, oh, yeah, we're getting to know each other. It's going great. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they say they'd only been dating for like three months. And I was like, mm, girl. Yup. And um, I, I did enjoy her character, her brother's fiance though is just kind of a like oh you sweet summer child <laughs> um i did she i got multiple laughs from that character um but yeah our implication at the end is like oh yeah we're actually getting to know each other and it's it's great like it's like you, you you've been married 
Like, huh? So, yeah, so both her siblings seem to have, um, have, have taken the pressure of dating in this family to, to get them, to hightail themselves into marriage soon. And I'm, I'm glad the implication at the end of the movie is, like, it seems to be working out for both of them, although certainly not realistic. I, I think... I think vow renewals that get treated as full-fledged weddings should be a crime. Yeah, what? Yeah. It took me on second rewatch. I I I would have much preferred if they'd just been like, "Oh, they get a fun vacation in Vegas. Oh, that's good. Like glad they're glad they're going to have some fun." Like I don't know what the purpose of of ah, uh, yes, they went to Vegas and went to a chapel to have a vow renewal. Like like you know if if you feel the need to reassert your wedding vows, Godspeed. Like, do what you got to do. But it's not a wedding. The wedding right. already happened. Right. <laughs> like, like, the just married stuff. And I, I'm being so judgmental over something that does not matter in the slightest. But it really, <laughs> it really played into the whole feeling of the movie where, like, being married is... The thing, like the the movie, does not really have time for alternate points of view on marriage. Like mm. by the end of the movie, everyone is paired off in a couple of some kind. And like, yes, I understand that it is a rom com, but also I think you could have done that with our main couple while also showing some perhaps alternative paths to personal fulfillment, right? Rather than just everyone gets married <laughs> well and okay here's my this is my and this is something i only thought about on second watch but i thought about it and i was like i wonder if the fact that their mother i, I think the implication is that she's widowed um i could not tell you <laughs> i i i think this comes down to and where the, where they should have pushed this to actually make it make sense the implication to me upon second rewatch was that their widowed mother was so desperate for couplehood herself that she pushed that on to her children. And I feel like the movie would have been stronger for it if it had explicitly said that. Um, and then we see uh, one of Aunt Susan's holidays um, ends up with their mother, which actually that kind of worked for me. I thought that was pretty cute. Um, I just one person yeah to be able to say i am a complete human being i actually wanted his friend like it bothered me that his friend ended up with the weird date from the beginning like let his friend be happy like in himself like living a golf pearl life or mimi on susan and farouk don't need to get married like we see her massive massive diamond ring um maybe they can just be I kind of I kind of wanted it to be her mom. Like I sort of oh. wanted the end of their mom's emotional arc to be I want happiness for my children and now I'm learning to be happy myself. Yeah. Like maybe she should have like picked up a hobby. Like maybe we found out that she well no, she couldn't have been a good enough cook to form a restaurant cuz she clearly <laughs> Yeah, that was this not... Is not This is not a Nora Ephron movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> Um, God, imagine if this movie had been written by Nora Ephron. Oh, God. Queen Nora. Oh. Um, <laughs> Sorry. 
No, it's okay. For that diversion. That's okay. I've been trying to convince Pete to watch Julie and Julia like five <gasps> times now. No, he would enjoy it. I Okay, this is what I tell him. Can you tell him this too? Because he, like the number of times I've even played him like one of the little clips of Meryl is Julia and been like, no, but like this movie's so good. Like... Oh, no, I th- I legitimately think he would enjoy that. Same. And I'm like, Stanley Tucci, you love Stanley Tucci. It's like maybe the best movie about food ever. Like, mm. <sighs> I don't know if I would go that <laughs> Really? Okay. <laughs> really good movies about food out oh. there. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Pete, when you're listening to this, there's one more vote for you to watch Julie and Julia. <laughs> I'll figure out. I'll figure out how to work it into. Did you do your homework? Yes, please. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Make him watch it. Oh, be great. Um, sorry. Diversion it's an episode on idolatry. <laughs> there you go. Um, or I don't know, early internet culture. Oh God, blogging. Blogging. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Yes. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think this movie would have been stronger for A, articulating that this unhealthy dynamic came from their mothers, like, grieving over their father. And, like, B, yeah, giving their mom something cool to do. Like, whether that's, I don't know, maybe she's really good at sewing clothes. She seems like a very fashionable lady. I would like to talk about the fact that I want all the clothes in this movie. Like, please just deliver them now. Like, Roberts did look extremely cute. Right. Um, And I I think that part of the issue that I have is that nobody had more than one character trait. Mm. So, like, the mom didn't have room to have a hobby because her character trait was wants her daughters to get married. Like, that's kind of it. Yeah. And her sister's character trait is unhappy housewife. (laughs) <laughs> and Sloane's character trait is surly. <laughs> and Jackson's character trait is, I guess, sweet. But he is not really. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, for like a lot of the rewatch, I was surprised how much like... Okay, and this is another one of my theories about this movie, is that this movie is a really... I think where a lot of this movie's DNA comes from is, like, a men are from Mars, women are from Venus, like, 90s worldview of, like, masculinity and femininity. And, and I think it's trying to play against that. And so he, he was actually a lot softer character than I remembered on initial watch. Like, he does I, have he does have a lot of moments of, like... I do think he very clearly goes... He, I think, goes through the most developed emotional arc. Sure. Like, you you can see... You can see his growth much better than Sloane's. Like, Sloane ends up doing kind of a jump to where they need her to be by the end. Um... I don't know. I was more I was more convinced by Jackson and maybe that was part of the issue that I had with it where it's like, dude, I think that at this point you're too good for her. I so. <laughs> definitely had that thought too with the scene in the grocery store. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if she's worth it. Like, yeah. Like, oh, you're becoming a you're becoming a fully evolved emotional adult. <laughs> 
And it's okay for Sloane to not be. But I, I also don't think that's what they're doing with her character. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that she got as well written of an arc. Her arc is not as easy to track from from beginning to end. Yeah, and I think that we were doing a lot of the work. Basically, I think that their, like, sleeping together was supposed to do a lot of the work of, like, ah, I have let him in. Like, I don't know why Phil Collins' You'll Be In My Heart has now started going through my head, but, like, that's, I think, what they wanted the soundtrack to this scene to be. Like, you'll be in my heart now. And, and like, but, oh, but she's so, like, um... You know, she's so closed off that she can't accept that. I don't know. There's, like, some Sigourney Weaver and working girl stuff there. But, um, yeah, I think that scene was supposed to do a lot more work than it should have. And I think that we really needed to see, like, I part of what I, I did enjoy about this movie, and, and it still stuck with me on second watches, I feel like they have, they actually do have really good friend chemistry for the first like, third to 40% of the movie. Like, that New Year's Eve scene is actually great. I was just thinking about that. I do wish... I I could have done without the nudity gag. Just, like, I really could have done without the poop joke on Halloween. Like, I did not feel that those things were necessary. See, and I actually... I enjoyed the, the poop scene on Halloween, um, if only because... And and again, this goes back to my theory of, like, this is some weird reaction against, like, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Because I, I did enjoy at least that it was, like, okay, we need to let women be gross. But it it definitely could have been better done. I I got a laugh out of it. Um, I just really don't think poop jokes are funny. And that wasn't really women being gross. That was being humiliated by a bodily function. And it, it's just not a... It's just not a joke that I enjoy. I know Fair. that it's a, a tried and true, like the, the accidental laxative is a tried and true comedic trope in a lot of comedy movies. And it's just, it's not one that I enjoy. That's fair. That's fair. I did, like I said, I got a, I got a few good laughs out of that one. What I actually really enjoyed from that scene and, and what I think was a great moment that they should have leaned way more into or, like, done more things like it. There's a great moment near the end of that scene um, where Jackson is helping Sloane clean herself up. And he's, like, holding the shower head on her back um, to help clean her off. And there's a great little moment where she says, please don't look at me. And you, like, see him, like, looking away. And she, like, looks back to check that he's not looking at her and he's not. Um, and, and then I think he does kind of look towards her and smile, but it's, it, it was such a sweet little moment. And I'm like, we needed like five more of those. What I really think we needed was they needed to start sleeping together earlier. Yes. Because I think that watching, watching the sex go from casual to emotive would have done the work that I think they wanted to be done by one sex scene. Yes. Like, I, I think it would have been improved by having, like, by them just going, yeah, and it's casual because we're both hot and we're horny and that's fine. And then, like, the 
the quality of the sex would then change as they both started to have feelings. And I think they tried, they were like hinting at that because we got the sense that maybe they slept together earlier during, I think it was Cinco de Mayo. Um, which also, why are two white people, like, why are we having a movie with two white people celebrating Cinco de Mayo? Ugh. Um, I, I just chose to but, think that they didn't because they were, I agree. I think that the implication is that they slept together and that Jackson remembers it, but Sloan doesn't. Right. Only that never comes back. Right. Like if they actually, and I, I think if they had actually had that be a plot point, and then maybe have them, like, sleep together again after the wedding on Labor Day or something. Like, I, I think you're right. I think if they had introduced sex earlier and then, like, had sex kind of be the avatar for their developing feelings, like, I think that would have really worked more than the one sex scene to rule them all. Yes. Um, Yeah. Because I, I think that scene just, it did too much work and we needed a lot more like it and we needed a lot more moments like the one in the bathtub. And and it's such a shame because I feel like this movie, like the first part actually really does a good job of like developing them as friends and like the two actors have really good chemistry and I think they're just let down by the second half of the script. Well, and part of the issue is that any, like... The script almost can't help itself. Like, any time there's an opening for the movie to undercut, like, an emotional beat or, like, them just having a good... Like, the the movie uses comedy in a really underhanded way, in in a way that, like, doesn't do it any favors. Um, you know, specifically, like, they're having that great dance scene on new year's eve and then whoops she's topless and then in halloween like they're having this she's she is dealing with the fact that her she just saw her ex-boyfriend and his newly pregnant very young girlfriend and having like this emotional breakdown and then diarrhea happens like it's like the movie can't help itself it doesn't it doesn't get to let its characters have any of these like fun or emotive beats without undercutting them with a stupid joke. And I, I wanted it to stop. I wanted it to just let them like have the breakdown or like have the dance sequence that I, I don't know. I did not feel like the movie was on the side of its characters. If that makes any sense. I, I- see what you're saying i i think and again i feel like this just keeps being a theme about what i'm saying is like i feel like it it almost reminds me of like a very aughts wedding crashers type of humor and i i think that sorry i keep i keep feeling like what this movie is doing like it it's so it's trying to break these molds of like past rom-coms in like a very 90s aughts sensibility and it just can't quite do it so i i I think the humor is particularly very outlandish and very gaggy and very gross because it's like trying to reference like it's trying to be like a female-led version of wedding crashers where it's just that like cringy wool feral type humor and um, I will I, say, 
I'm not mad about that. Like, absolutely, let's get some female characters in these movies who right. are messy and gross and rude. Like, that's all fine. I guess I just, I end up having a problem when there's literally no one in the movie that I'm enjoying watching. So, like, I can't even be on the side of making Sloan messy because I have no one to like. So then I keep coming back to like, well, I don't like the lead and I don't like anybody else. So why am I here? Well, and so let's contrast that with, I I think the closest movie equivalent of like trying to make a gross Will Ferrell type movie, but female led is Bridesmaids and Bridesmaids, even when Kristen Wiig's character is so frustrating that you just want to pull like your hair out like that movie like you're still rooting for melissa mccarthy you're still rooting for maya rudolph like that movie let's i think you're even still rooting for Kristen wig well and what i was gonna say is like i feel like it brings you to a point where you're just like oh Kristen wig no but then it brings her out of it like you you get that arc yeah Well, and I was thinking about your comparison to Wedding Crashers, which I don't think is a bad one. The problem is that this movie doesn't have an Owen Wilson, Rachel McAdams um, counterpoint to the the Vince Mm. Vaughn stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I I understand. I, I see what your point is, and I agree with you. I think it just kind of ends up being an echo of that early aughts kind of humor, which I'm sort of tired of. Yeah. And I think that's totally fair. Yeah. And again, I'm going to stick to, I feel like the first half of this movie was still really enjoyable, even on second watch for me. And I think it just, it was trying to zag instead of zig so hard that it, it just kind of created a loop and just fell back into the tropes instead of giving its characters emotional depth. Like, it was trying so hard to be raunchy that it forgot to have characters. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, which is a shame because, I again, I I really enjoyed the first half of this movie, even on second watch, and I, I think there really was something there with... Um, the two leads chemistry and um yeah i think it it just let itself down yeah i did not super enjoy the first half of the movie um i paused it about halfway through and oh, i was no. like or i paused it around the fourth of july when they mm. are on their way to the hospital and i was like i've got to be almost done <laughs> there was an there was an hour left in this movie <laughs> um See, and I still, even on rewatch, I'm not going to lie, I absolutely, like, I was in stitches at the the finger blow-off scene. Like, I, I, it cracked me up. And her, like, not being able to drive, like, I felt that as someone who is not a competent driver. Like, I, that, that sequence still made me chuckle. That was, that one was wild to me because I don't... That was one where I was like, why is he there? This is like a family lake vacation. <laughs> why? Um, but that's, I mean, of course, that's the conceit of a movie. But 
Well, and I, I think the movie wants us to think that, well, now he's kind of friends with her brother, so he has, like, kind of a second in to to these family events. But, yeah, they don't push that hard enough. I would love to have seen more of his relationship with her brothers. Right. Like, the movie could have spent some time developing that. So then at the end, her brothers could have been like, aw, Sloane. <laughs> Really? We like this guy. Yeah. Like, this dude's nice. And they, like, I think they have a moment where her brother is like, what? You, like, I think right when she comes back from the grocery store by herself and her sister is like, where's Jackson? And she's like, Jackson's gone. And her brother's like, no, Sloan. Like. But then I did, I couldn't tell if that was just general, like, another one. You scared off another one? No, I think he does specifically say, like, Jack's a nice guy. Like, what are you doing? But, like, it's gone in a second. Like, blink and you'll miss it. Like, we need, we, if they really want that plot line, they should have developed that more. Honestly, and and let's be honest, this whole episode has been, like, rom-com rehab, but honestly, (laughs) I think if they had not had the best friend character... And they had just committed to, like, developing her family as characters. I think this would have been a stronger movie. I agree. I think the... So, by the friend character, you mean Jackson's friend? Yeah. Yeah, I think that he existed for a couple of easy jokes. And, like I said, I think that this movie, when it had an easy joke, it took it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if they had excised that character... Given some more space and time for her family to actually develop as characters. Had the, given the mom a hobby, given the mom the emotional beats of like, this is why she is this way. Is there anything else we we should have fixed? I think we covered it. I don't know. I think I'm, I think I've said everything I have to say about <laughs> this movie. That's fair. So, what would you recommend our listeners read or watch instead? Sure. Um, So, I was actually torn on this one because upon second viewing, I discovered that, and apparently my brain is just trained um, with the new TV show Bridgerton coming out. My brain is just trained to recognize all things Julia Quinn, who is the author of Bridgerton. Um, But there is a point where actually Sloane is reading a Julia Quinn book. Uh, and I can't, but I can't, and I would love to be able to say read that one instead, but it's actually not one of Julia Quinn's best books. Uh. So, so I'm not going to go with that. Um, I'm going to go with my original recommendation, which I think is the much better version of this movie, which is uh, 2018's Set It Up, um, starring Joey Deutsch and Glenn Powell, um, Tay Diggs, and Lucy Liu, where two. Um, assistants uh, set their bosses up to kind of get their bosses off their back. And it has a kind of similar friends to lovers conceit. Um, and I, I, what reminded me of the holiday is I think the beginning of set it up really establishes this friendship um, that kind of gave me a similar vibe to the friendship at the beginning of the holiday. So the much better Netflix rom-com set it up, watch that instead. Okay. And Martha, what would you recommend? I'm going to recommend a book called 10 Things I Hate About Pinky. 
by Sandia Menon, who's one of my favorite uh, YA romance authors currently writing. Um, I believe, I, I am sure I have recommended one of her books before on this podcast. Um, but this is a, a fake dating story set against the backdrop of uh, an Indian, uh, two Indian families. So you have Pinky, who, um, as sort of a ploy to get her parents off of her back, uh, sets up a fake dating for the summer situation with her friend Samir uh, in exchange for her helping him get an internship at the end of the summer. Uh, And they spend the whole summer uh, arguing and bickering and pretending to be in love. And, you know, maybe they actually fall in love. Who can say? Um, But, yeah, Sandia's books are so cute. Uh, She has a a book that just got turned into a limited series on Netflix called Mismatched is the name of the series. The book is called When Dimple Met Rishi. Um, Highly recommend that one, too. But it's not as immediately relevant as uh, 10 Things I Hate About Pinky. So that is going to do it for us tonight. Um you can follow our show on social media feeds that we share with our sister show. Did you do your homework, which I release on alternate Wednesdays on the same feed with Marin's husband, Pete. Um, did I actually say what our social media handles are? Or did I just say that you can follow <laughs> us? <laughs> We're at DYDYH homework <laughs> or DYDYH podcast. I can words. It's been a long day. guys. Um, <laughs> You can follow me individually on social media at Magical Martha. Uh, you can read my newsletter that I publish at tinyletter.com backslash Magical Martha. I'm releasing some perfect tens of 2020 lists right now that are very fun to put together. Uh, Marn, where can people follow you? Um, folks can follow me on Twitter at A underscore star underscore danced. Um, where let's be honest, my Twitter feed lately has just basically been all about Bridgerton. Um, so if Bridgerton or romance novels or rom-coms are interesting to you, feel free to give me a follow. Yeah. My Instagram account is about to explode in really cute photos of my guinea pigs. So, you know, look out for that one. Um, We will be back in two weeks where we will be discussing the 2020 Ryan Murphy Netflix collab, The Prom. So be sure to uh, catch that one. Sure, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, And until then, just remember that we love you. Fantastic. Woo. Well, I'm very glad we recorded this after my second watch because I, I feel like I was much more positive after my first watch. So I'm glad. I enjoy I enjoyed hearing kind of the evolution of your feelings yeah. about it. Um I don't know. I always Part of it is always that I wanted it to be better. Right. <laughs> like I wanted better for this movie. Oh, yeah.
And that's what's huh. so frustrating is it's like it's such a waste. Like such a waste of good actors. <laughs>